Hello everyone, happy Wednesday. I hope you guys are having a great week so far. Welcome back to another episode of Killer Instinct. If you are new here, hi, my name is Savannah Brimer and I am your host on Killer Instinct. So as you can tell you guys by the title of today's episode, we are talking about Samuel Little. And if you guys have been keeping up with the true crime news and the true crime world recently, then you may or may not be aware of this man who is now being named by the FBI as the most prolific serial killer in American history. Samuel Little was convicted for the murder of three women, but has more recently been linked to up to 60 murders and claims to be responsible for over 90, 90 murders, which would in fact make him the most prolific serial killer in American history. So let's just dive right on into it. All right, so Samuel Little was born on June 7th, 1940 in Reynolds, Georgia. Samuel says that his mother was a prostitute who abandoned him on the side of a road, which is when he was raised mainly by his grandmother in Lorraine, Ohio. There isn't too much information out there on what he was like as a child and his younger years, but something that we do know about Samuel is that growing up and in high school, he had a pretty big problem with discipline. He attended Hawthorne Junior High School but then he ended up dropping out of high school and in 1956 when he was 16 years old he was convicted for breaking and entering a property in Omaha Nebraska and was held in a juvenile institution when he was in his late 20s he moved to Florida to live with his mother and worked as a cemetery worker and around this time is when he definitely got himself in trouble with the law by 1975 he had been arrested 26 times 26 times, yep, in 11 different states for crimes like theft, assault, attempted rape, fraud, and attacks on government officials. So because he was arrested 26 times, he did spend a fair amount of time in jail, and while he was in there, he learned to fight against other inmates and learned how to box, which basically trained him to have the strength to kill all of his victims. Samuel's typical MO in a murder would be to beat his victims until they were unconscious and then he would strangle them to death. But sometimes depending on the situation, he liked to prolong the murder so it could go on for as long as possible. The victims that Samuel murdered, he also raped as well. But during those attacks, most of the time the women would be unconscious. And something interesting to note about Samuel is that Samuel's victims were typically prostitutes and drug addicts. He said specifically specifically that he likes to target women who are definitely more vulnerable. And he said, um, he it's awful what he said, but he said that he chose his victims because he didn't think that anyone would miss them. And most of his victims were African-American women as well. And Samuel, whose full name is Samuel Little, sometimes went by the name Samuel McDowell. And he had a fascination with women's necks, which is kind of odd, but he has said that women's necks have always kind of sparked some sort of something in him that makes him want to kill and see the strangulation. So let's talk about the murders that he was convicted of that landed him in prison today. So in 1982, Samuel was arrested in Mississippi for the murder of 22-year-old Melinda LaPree. Melinda, who was also called Mindy, had gone missing in September of 1982. Mindy had a history with drugs and was in an abusive relationship with her boyfriend. 
The people in Mindy's family say that she had a very loving upbringing and she came from a very loving home. But Mindy's mother actually unfortunately ended up passing away when she was seven years old. And ever since then, her family says that she was never the same. And that's kind of what started her dark path and what kind of led her down the wrong path. And her family was really upset about the way the police handled the case just because of her lifestyle and where she was at in her point of life. Police kind of just dismissed the case and didn't really look too much into it. Which, if you think about it, it kind of confirms Samuel's victim theory that he was choosing women who were vulnerable and that what he thought people wouldn't miss. And so, for police to not really take the time and the effort to look into her case, it just kind of proves, unfortunately, that his theory was right. But Melinda Lapri was a victim of Samuel Little. So Samuel was also under investigation at this time for the murder of a woman named Patricia Mount. And Patricia was married and was last seen at May's Lounge. And her body was found in a field along the US 27 in Alucha County in Florida. She was found badly bruised and there was an autopsy done and the autopsy showed that she had been raped. Samuel went to trial for this and a prosecution witness said that he remembered seeing Samuel with Patricia the night before she disappeared. But because of the distrust in the witness testimonies, Samuel was actually acquitted in 1984, which I don't know how, but he then moved to San Diego afterwards in October of 1984 where he was arrested again for kidnapping, beating, and strangling 22-year-old Lori Barros, who actually survived the attack. So according to Lori, who was working as a prostitute at the time, which again fit Samuel's typical victim, she said that Samuel pulled up behind her, got out of his car, put her in a headlock, and shoved her into his back seat. He then removed the tights that she was wearing and used them to tie her wrists behind her back. Lori said that the whole time she acted like this was normal and that she was enjoying it and enjoying what he was doing in hopes that it would actually save her life. And she said that he then used his hands and tried to strangle her, which is when she said she thought she was 100% going to die. And that is when she went unconscious. Several hours later, Lori said that she woke up at a dump site and had to walk miles to find a payphone. And that is when she called her friend and her friend came to pick her up after that. Then about exactly one month later in 1984, Samuel was found by police in the back seat of his car with an unconscious woman who had been beaten and strangled in the exact same location as he attempted to murder Lori. According to Lori, she has suffered with a lot of survivor's guilt. She struggled with the fact that she was the one who survived out of the countless women who didn't. So with all the times that Samuel had been caught and with all of this going on and with how many arrests had been made over the years, Samuel was arrested countless times, but he never got sentenced over two years or two and a half years. And you may be wondering why, because I 100% was, but all that can really be blamed in this circumstance is the lack of evidence that linked Samuel to the actual murders he committed. The evidence either didn't hold up in court or there just wasn't enough to begin with. 
But then on September 5th of 2012 at a homeless shelter in Louisville, Kentucky, Samuel was arrested again for the murders of multiple women, which police were now able to convict him using DNA testing and evidence. Carol Elford was the victim of Samuel Little, who was murdered on July 13th, 1987. Guadalupe Apodaca was murdered on September 3rd, 1987. And Audrey Nelson was murdered on August 14th of 1989. So those three murders are ultimately what led Samuel to finally be convicted and put away. So the trial for this didn't start until September of 2014, and because of the DNA evidence that the prosecution had, Samuel was found guilty and was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole. So he was going away for life. And something to note, though, is throughout the trial, Samuel insisted he was innocent and didn't murder the three women that were in question. So the trial was in 2014 and the sentencing was also in 2014 and it wasn't until 2018 that Samuel began confessing to over 90 plus murders. So he was only in jail for three and then he started confessing to over 90, which is absolutely unheard of. So in May of 2018, on a police confession tape, Samuel confessed to strangling 92 women and drowning one woman, making a total of 93 murders from the years of 1970 to 2005. Police have said that despite him being a little fuzzy on some of the dates, which is really the only thing that he kind of gets confused about sometimes, all of the details that he has shared with the police have checked out completely. His confessions have matched autopsy results of previously unsolved cases, and some of those cases and some of the murders that he committed were unsolved weren't even categorized as homicides in the first place, so police knew that they really had to take him seriously, and Samuel said that he has killed women across 19 different states and that that is how he remembers them, and he said that he had 20 victims in Los Angeles alone. Samuel said that he remembered his first killing because he just put his hand around her neck and that was it. Samuel describes the killings as, quote, him fighting for his pleasure while they fought for their life, end quote, in reference to the women that he murdered. So more recently in the news, Samuel's confession tapes have been released by the police and they're online. You can find them. And basically these tapes include Samuel confessing to uh, multiple different murders. And the first one that he confessed to was the murder of a transgender woman in Miami, Florida that was named Marianne. He said that she was between 5'6 and 5'7 and about 140 pounds. The two of them met at a bar on 17th Avenue in Miami and the bar was either called The Pool or The Pool palace and then a few days later they met again at another bar and samuel offered to drive her home and said that she lived with several other roommates and when they got to her house one of the roommates asked if they could go back out and buy shaving cream so they got back in the car but instead of going and getting shaving cream samuel drove north on highway 27 and murdered marianne on a driveway by strangulation he then drove further down Highway 27 with Marianne's body in the car into the Everglades and turned down a dirt road that led to a river and dragged her body into the water. Samuel said he doesn't believe the body has ever been found. Okay, we're gonna take a short break, but we will be right back with more of the Killer Instinct podcast. Imagine an app designed to make you use it less. Seems a little counterproductive, right? 
Well, Apartments.com's Instant Alert feature works exactly that way. Instead of scanning rental listings a million times a day, simply set and forget your search to whatever you're looking for in a place and let Apartments.com do the rest. From pet-friendly apartments to balconies to in-unit ACs, Apartments.com's powerful search tools let you know when the perfect combination of features you're seeking is listed. So you don't have to power through rental descriptions one by one. With more rental listings than anywhere else, Apartments Apartments.com's instant alerts mean that you can spend less time looking for the perfect place and more time on just doing you. Apartments.com, the place to find a place. All right, you guys, welcome back. Samuel said that he met a woman in Little Rock, Arkansas, and remembered it was really cold outside the night that they met. He described the woman as 24 years old, about 5'5 to 5'7 in height, and about 200 pounds. Samuel stayed with her for about three days, and the two of them shoplifted together. That was like their thing that they would do. But Samuel actually ended up getting arrested for the shoplifting, and then about three hours later, he was released, so it wasn't like he was in there very long. And he had got to his car, and the woman that he he had been doing all of this with was sleeping in his car waiting for him. So he drove her to go see her ex-boyfriend and then drove back to her place. So then he went to go pick her back up from the ex-boyfriend and when he did, he then drove down a dirt road and manually strangled her to death. He said he placed the body on a pile of branches near a cornfield and he thinks that her name may have been Ruth, but he isn't certain and that her mother lived in North Little Rock, Arkansas. So the next confession is a murder that Samuel committed in Covington, Kentucky. He said he met a 25-year-old white woman outside of a strip club, and he describes her as having short blonde hair and bright blue eyes. He said that she approached him and asked him for a ride to Miami, Florida. So they're in Kentucky, and she asks for a ride to Miami, Florida, and said that that was where her mother lived. So Samuel said that he actually said yes, and he and the woman drove south on Interstate 75. They crossed the river into northern Kentucky, and Samuel described driving into a hilly area and drove up a small dirt road, and that is where he strangled this woman in the backseat of his car and left her body on the top of the hill. He then confessed to a murder in Las Vegas in 1993 when he met a young woman who he described as thin about 40 years old. She was about 5'5 five five and about 110, 120 pounds. He remembered taking her to a motel room, which is where he strangled her to death. He said he placed her body in the trunk of his car and drove to the outskirts of Las Vegas. He pulled off onto a remote road and rolled her body down a slope. Rolled her body down a slope. It's crazy. And he then threw her clothes further down the road. And he said it's likely her body was never recovered. So the last confession on these tapes, I know I keep kind of, it's kind of like one after another, after another, after another, but that's what these tapes were. And so the last confession, which again, they're online. You guys can go read them if you want or listen to them or watch them. The last confession that was released was a murder that Samuel says he committed in 1982. He said that he met an African-American woman in New Orleans and described her as having honey-colored skin, medium length, straight hair, and weighed about 160 pounds. Samuel remembers her wearing a pretty dress with buttons in the front. The two of them met at a club where she was celebrating her little sister's birthday with a group of friends. 
So Samuel and this woman met at this club and they ended up dancing on the dance floor and then they left together. And the woman told Samuel she lived with her mother and then gave him the keys to her house, which I'm not really sure why, but then Samuel drove to the Little Woods exit off of the 110 or the I-10 where he turned down a dirt road that was being dredged. So the two of them got out of his car and then he ended up dragging. He said he like grabbed her by her legs and he dragged the woman towards the canal where he killed her and left the body. And then afterwards, he drove back to the motel that he was staying at in Pasagula, Mississippi. So what you notice about some of these murders is that even though he's in one state, he drives to another state to kill. And then he will go back to a different state after that. Like with his Kentucky confession, the woman asked him to drive her to Miami, Florida from Kentucky. And then he killed her there and then went back. And then in his last confession, he says that he drove to New Orleans, murdered this woman, and then drove back to Mississippi where he was staying at. And I read some of the comments on the video of the confessions. And there was one comment that made a very good point that I want to kind of point out to you guys. And basically this person said that when they were watching the confessions, they forgot that Samuel was confessing to murder. And the reason for that is when you're listening to him, you kind of get caught up and lost in this story that he's telling because of the way that he's telling it. He's confessing in this upbeat, very proud way. And you kind of feel like you're just listening to a story as awful as that sounds. You're just kind of like listening to his great life achievements that he believes. And you kind of just get really caught up in it. And it's, it's odd and it's weird. And then once you take a step back and realize what you're actually listening to, it is absolutely insane. It's chilling. It's really crazy. So I definitely recommend that you guys look up the confessions if you haven't listened to them already. I wanted to actually read you guys though a couple of the quotes of some of the things that he has said in these confession shapes just to give you kind of an idea of what he said. So the first one is quote, when they die, they're all your favorites. They all belong to you. End quote. The second one is quote, I got so crazy. I wanted more. End quote. The third one is, quote, I try to trace back to when I became attracted to a woman's throat, end quote. And lastly, quote, I didn't pick people that would have been missed. There were no women nurses or teachers. That's the reason I didn't get busted, end quote. So again, those are just some of the quotes from the confessions. And what has happened since then is Samuel has actually drawn pictures and sketches of his victims, which are so chilling. You really should look them up again. I know there's a lot to look up, but it's definitely all interesting information and it kind of pieces everything together in this whole thing. So he drew pictures and they're pretty detailed too. And the police have released these sketches in the hopes that some family members could identify their loved ones or their missing loved ones, see if anyone looks familiar. And surprisingly, there actually have been some people who have called the police saying that they're, that's their family member and they know them and they went missing and it's been connected. And these some of these cases have been able to be closed, which is absolutely crazy just based off some of these pictures that he drew. Because now what's happening is investigators are having to go back and go through every single detail that he said, which mind you, the confession in and of itself with the police in May of 2018 was seven hours. So now they have to go back and go through every detail and see if it adds up. And then from there, they can hopefully close some of these cases, which they've been doing. So they just want to continue that. So the FBI is really looking to the public to help identify the rest of the victims that haven't been solved yet. 
So if Samuel Little's facts are adding up and everything is panning out to be that he is telling the truth, which if you listen to his confessions and just the way he talks and explains it, it really does seem like he's being honest and telling the truth about what he's done. As to why he's choosing now to out himself on everything he's done, I'm not sure. And it really could be for, I mean, it could be for like attention or it could be for anything really. And with the way he talks about all of these murders that he committed, he doesn't hesitate when answering any questions. He knows what he's saying and he's very clear with his facts other than the dates sometimes. He has confessed to murdering over 90 women and he was only originally convicted of three, which is mind-blowing. And it makes you wonder about all the other victims of serial killers out there who just haven't been linked together yet. And in regards to this case, an FBI crime analysis named Christy Palazzolo said, quote, even though he is already in prison, the FBI believes it is important to seek justice for each victim to close every case possible, end quote, which I 100% agree with. I'm sure a lot of you can agree with that as well. And I'm really interested to see what you guys have to say about this whole case because it's pretty interesting and also extremely terrifying how this all is coming to light now. The good thing out of all of this and the silver lining in it is that the families are able to get some sort of closure for their missing loved ones. So I really want to know what you guys think. What are your thoughts on this? This is absolutely crazy. Do you think it's going to affect future serial killers to kind of out themselves like this? And, you know, Samuel wasn't getting out of prison anyways. He had life without the possibility of parole. So he knew he wasn't getting out. So now all of this is happening and everything and he's coming forward with everything. It's pretty crazy to hear and it's absolutely terrifying to hear and i'm interested to see if future serial killers will maybe follow in his footsteps or if it'll have a negative effect and because of all the publicity that samuel little is getting if it'll cause future serial killers or serial killers now to come out and say things that aren't true just because they want the attention that samuel has been getting from all of this so i'm very interested to see how this affects the future and the future investigations and future confessions and so i definitely want to know what you guys think about it too so send me an email or send me a dm you can dm me or just at me on twitter whatever you want to do at, at savannah brimer is all of my social medias across all platforms and you can email Email me at killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is killerinstinctpodcast at gmail.com. And there is where you can also send me your case requests as well. So I definitely look forward to hearing from you guys, hearing your thoughts and opinions. But with that being said, that is all for me today. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Killer Instinct. Make sure you like and subscribe to this and make sure you are following us. That way you never miss an episode. We post every Wednesday here. And I hope to see you next week and we're doing Halloween week it's going to be four days of back-to-back podcast episodes and i cannot wait for you guys to hear these cases they are mind-blowing so i hope that i will see you guys there again make sure you're following so you don't miss it and with that being said you guys that is all for me today i will see you next week and until then stay safe